hit record. He's only gone and done it. I've only gone and done it. He's only gone and done it. Check the level settings for doing this. <laughs> okay, so let's just make sure that we're at the same level from about here. How's it going? How does this sound? This looks good to me. Fantastic. Are you as excited as I am? I'm super duper excited. Oh my god, and we're doing it properly facing each other, which we haven't really done before. It's a bit creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Candidate Night with Hannah and Tom. We're back. We are so back. We're here in Tom's flat with this adorable little microphone that we got of Amazon Prime. And the buttons work backwards. Because it was made in China. What's Russia's problem with emos? Why are Bhutan's houses covered in erect penises? How much does it cost to hire a handsome man in Japan? It's going to be governmental. Hello and welcome back to Candidate Night with Hannah and Tom. Today we're going to be talking about South Ossetia. South Ossetia, whose national anthem you just heard there. It's the Respublike Kusar Iristan, if you're Ossetian. It's the Tishkanvalis Regioni, if you're Georgian. And it's something else in Russian that I didn't write down. So how South Ossetia came to be is after the fall of the Soviet bloc in uh, 1990... Um, there were there was the was it the South Ossetian War. Yes, in the, in the nineties. So I think that was nineteen ninety one. If yes, I remember rightly. So South Ossetia was uh, essentially given to Georgia, the newly formed state of Georgia, which used to be the Georgian SSR and before that part of Russia. And the South Ossetians felt very strongly that they didn't want to be part of Georgia. It wasn't entirely clear that they wanted to be part of Russia either, but they just wanted to be themselves. So it was quite a brief war, which uh, basically they lost. Mm. And so they remained part of Georgia. It's still considered by the UN to be part of Georgia. And, that, jo- and yes. Georgia obviously claim it. Uh, indeed. And, and not just the UN. I mean, very few countries recognise South Ossetia as its own place. Really strange grouping <laughs> of countries. <laughs> Amazing well. grouping. Uh, so I think you've got Russia, obviously, obviously, as you might yeah. expect. Uh, Nicaragua, mm-hmm. Venezuela... Uh, and Nauru, which I wasn't aware was a place. Yeah, I, um, there was a, there was a couple of others as well. I, yes. I read that uh, Tuvalu um, recognised their independence, but then changed their mind yes. in two thousand fourteen. I, I was reading an article about that. Apparently, it was to the great embarrassment of Vladimir Putin. And it's really nice to think that Tuvalu, which is six hundred and fifty thousand times smaller than Russia, managed to uh, embarrass Putin. Um, the other ones that recognise it still are places that also aren't recognised. So Abkhazia, mm. which broke away from Georgia at the same time. Uh, Transnistria, which broke away from Moldova. Mm-hmm. Nagorno-Karabakh, which broke away from Azerbaijan. And the Sarwari Arab Democratic Republic, which is a very tiny bit of Morocco. So South Ossetia have had a presidential election and a referendum on the 9th of April, Yes, I believe. Um, so it's already happened, but we're not going to reveal what the results were just yet. So you can Google it, but that would spoil the end of this marvellous tale we're going to weave for you now. And weave indeed we shall. The referendum is about changing the name of the de facto state of South Ossetia to South Ossetia State of Alania. And it is part of the historical kingdom of Alania, or Alania. The reason it's called Alania is because of Alan and the Alans. So the Alans are an Iranian nomadic pastoral people of antiquity. Like the Visigoths and the Vandals. 
Uh, yes. Yeah, like a, a race of, of Alans. And it's spelt, <laughs> spelt like A-L-A-N. It, it's Alan, yeah. Yes. Parliamentary election has taken place. We're not going to say what happened just yet. Very exciting, Ooh, I think. Suspense. So there's a few main parties. There's a lot of small parties, which again, there's only 54,000 people. So really sort of wonder how they can have this many parties, but still. So there's... And also the English translation is not helpful. So we might be talking about the same party with different names, I think. There's uh, United Ossetia, mm-hmm. which was headed by Ant- Anatoly Bibilov, mm-hmm. great name, uh, who's also, was until then, the Speaker of Parliament. Um, and he's sort of a perennial candidate. He's always around, always running for the presidency. Um, then there's also the Unity of the People Party, which is sort of a centrist conservative thing, but very pro-Russian, and headed by Vladimir Kalekasev. Then there's the People's Party of South Ossetia, which is social liberal, and Nikaz, which I think is the popular front. And that was run by Ruslan Gagliov, who is also a perennial candidate, which is a common theme. Mm. I, th- I think they all had in common that they're all very pro-Russian and anti-Georgia. So there's no, yes. there's no one of any political standing in South Ossetia who is advocating for actually becoming R- remaining remaining like, technically part of, remaining part, part of, georgia. of georgia did you read any of the um the the georgian press responses uh the, I, I hostile i think would be my word yes yes so-called election <laughs> and referendum which i guess is fair enough i think we should take a, a position of, of of relativism um but you know we're all you know nations are all made up aren't they absolutely what is a nation in- indeed doctors without borders that's what i said <laughs> I'm going to stake my point right here and disagree with you and say that it's part of Georgia. I mean, I'm just saying that legally it's part of Georgia, according to... Again, I mean, law is made up as well, so it doesn't really matter. It's all made up. So maybe every time we say the South Ossetian elections, one of us should go... (laughs) I shall take that burden. Great, we'll be neutral. Uh, You were talking about Anatoly Bibilov, who um, was one of the main candidates running for president. So in the 2011 elections, uh, Bibilov was backed by uh, Russia, by the Kremlin. So it was very likely everyone expected him to win. Um, But he was actually uh, defeated by a woman called, uh, let me try and get this right, Alla Joyeva. So she won 57% to Bibilov's 40%. But everything all went really strange because Bibilov accused her of having committed fraud. So he declared the election invalid. She said, that's bollocks, and declared herself president. As and, one does. Yes, and a thousand of her supporters uh, went to the, the capital and marched on the government building. Police fired warning shots. Um, they created, basically, uh, sort of Russia had to go in and kind of like mediate things. Mm. Um, enforced peace, one might Enforced say. peace, yes. And it was eventually, it was agreed that they were going to do a new election where um, Allah wasn't going to be allowed, she wasn't going to be allowed to run. Mm-hmm. And then they talked more and eventually they said, we'll do a new election where she will be allowed to run. And they all agreed to that. And then in January of 2012, she said, actually, no, this is all completely illegal. Um, I'm going to be inaugurated on February 10th and you can all just deal with it. The uh, prime minister who had become the acting president in this weird mm. transition period uh, accused her of trying to do a coup d'etat. And then the day before the inauguration on February 9th, her office was raided and she was hospitalised. And Russian officials said she had a stroke and mm. her supporters said she was hit by a rifle butt. Enforced stroke. Enforced I would say. stroke, yeah. And she came up hospital 
45 days later and the whole landscape had changed. They'd done a new election with none of the same candidates. So Biblov hadn't run and um, was appointed deputy prime minister by Leonid Tibilov, yes. who had become president in the interim. And he is the incumbent who is uh, uh, up for re-election. Uh, indeed. Yeah. Uh, Unsurprisingly, as somebody installed by the Russians, he uh, headed the regional KGB between 1992 and 1998. He stood before, actually, as president in 2006, where he got an impressive 0.9% of the vote. And that was against Eduard Kokoiti. Yes, yes, the incumbent since uh, 91. He'd been there since 91. Yeah. Um, and he was he gave way to... Tibolov. To Tibolov, yeah. So he was replaced by him. And then he wanted to run in this election, mm. but he wasn't allowed to because they have a, a rule saying that you have to live in South Ossetia for at least nine months of the year. Yes. And he'd spent too much time in Moscow, so he wasn't allowed to run. A rule that I would add he put in place. Aha! The idiot. Oh, the definition of hoisted <laughs> by one's own baton. <laughs> Koikoiti is uh, quite a character as well. Also former KGB. Another running theme. I think three out of the four candidates, in fact in this election have some links to the KGB. So KGB is kind of like what Eton is in the UK. Yes. <laughs> Better, some might say. Better mm -hmm. life skills you learn there. <laughs> Good with knots. Uh, just to point out that Leonard Tibolov, who's the uh, incumbent, 32 followers on Twitter. Oh, that's sad. Isn't it? Did you follow him? No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Should, I'm slightly concerned that he might get wind of uh, this uh, podcast. Yeah, that'd be Given that I've just declared that it's part of Georgia. I don't know that he's in favour. Well, I didn't. Maybe I'll do it from that uh, underscore Hannah Maxwell, if you're listening <laughs> to blog. That'd be a fun thing to do if we find all these people <laughs> on Twitter and follow them and see if we can get them to listen. That'd be a great way to increase listeners. Yes. <laughs> so... We were just talking about politics. We were just talking about the... Yeah, that's the point of why we're here, Tom. What? <laughs> what? Who suggested this? What a nightmare. Um, the parliamentary elections... Yes. ...have now happened. And I think, are, are we willing to declare the results? Are we willing to declare a winner? Have I... you got anything you want to say about them? Which one would you back? I, I don't know, to be honest. I feel... I feel... In, I, no, no, I'm fine. Okay, well, United Ossetia took 20 seats and 45% of the vote. Okay, that's... Bibelov's party. That's Bibelov, yeah. I think we should apologise that it is difficult to remember or tell the difference between Tibelov and Bibelov, but it's fun to say them together. Tibelov, Bibelov. Tibelov and Bibelov. And they look the same. Weird. <laughs> Basically, that's all we need to know. They took 20 seats. They win. You mm. will take Unity of the People Party, six seats. People's Party of South Ossetia, four seats. And New Cats, four seats. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. What happened in the referendum? The referendum, uh, I think somewhat unsurprisingly, because essentially it was a proxy pro-Russia vote. Mm went uh, more than 80%, yes. Yes. Which, I mean, that's quite distinctive in terms of a referendum vote. You don't get that very often. Mm. Um, and so now, but also, I guess it's, to some degree, it's a thing of national pride and we want to be the Allens or whatever. But also, nobody really cared, did they? I mean, they're literally adding a word on. Well, I, I went in, online and, and saw some vox pops with, with people from South Ossetia. Okay. And um, it's interesting, they do... And people in South Ossetia and North Ossetia spend a lot of time talking about who is the real, who are the real Allens. Mm. The real Allens. It's something they really care about. I've actually got a, a fact here, which I'm going to find for you. Yeah, so in North Ossetia, there is a Facebook group dedicated to discussing the history of the Allens. 
Um, the group is called uh, Magas and Dejiakov, which are two ancient Alum cities. Okay. Um, and, and they sort of discuss such things. And the, the main um, beef that they had recently was a thing called uh, the Alan Song. Amazing. Which was a number brought out by um, this singer called Omar Otarov, who's not a Setian, he's Kabardian. Oh my God. Another uh, Caucasian race. And the song is definitely attempting to prove that Kabardians are the real Alans. And this Facebook group are complaining that the song has 20 verses and only one of them doesn't have the word Alan in it. <laughs> um, I'm definitely going to have to post out the video, the music video for this song. It's all these old guys in um, big, like fluffy um, hats yes. and sort of like wearing robes. And they're, they're, they're standing in a strange formation in what looks like a, like a stream in a brook. Phenomenal. They're saying there and they've got this very, oh, I'll play it for you. So, yeah, the dispute over who the modern descendants of the Kingdom of Alans are. Mm-hmm. Um, Tibolov was suggesting changing the name. Yeah. Uh, he did that in, I think, 2013, he first suggested. Immediately, as soon as he did that, there's this place called Ingushetia, is apparently where an old Alan capital was, was originally based. Um, and after Tibolov made that statement, they built a huge uh, stone gate over a motorway <laughs> and called them the Alania Gates. It's essentially just a, a fuck you to you guys. We're the real Alans. So there's this huge thing happening, all these strange breakaway regions in the Caucasus about who the Alans are. Uh, yeah, I did read that there are a few other sort of claimants to it. Things that, places that I've never heard of in my life. And also, I don't want to belittle other people. It doesn't really matter who's Alan. We don't care. Do we? Nobody cares. I think in some ways we're all Alan. I think we are. <laughs> but speaking of dick moves, actually, I don't know if you heard... But um, so there's sort of this tussle going on between Bibelov and Tibelov uh, about, you know, whether the referendum will be held on the same day as the uh, presidential election, which happened a little while ago. And um, after a bit of a to and fro, they agreed not to. They said they were going to kick into the long grass to do it a bit later. But then on Bibelov's birthday... Tibolov announced that they were going to have the referendum on the same day. On his birthday! On his birthday! What a horrible man. And then they had a shouting match in Parliament, apparently. Very wow. exciting. So this whole referendum, alongside, uh, obviously, as you say, claiming that they're Alan, alongside that, it's sort of a proxy about uh, whether or not they're going to, open quotes, rejoin Russia. And what's interesting, I think, about that is both of the lead candidates, Bibelov and Tibolov, were in favour in differing ways of rejoining Russia. Putin turns out not so keen. So, God. Oh, he loves yeah. annexing things. He loves annexing things. He doesn't like things coming in without his permission. He likes to have a good buffer state. And actually what it is, is that South Ossetia and Abkhazia are both massive pains in the arse for Georgia. Mm. They're also incredibly poor. I mean, all of South Ossetia's budget comes from Russia and aid. So actually, it's better to have somebody else having them as a pain in the arse than for it to be Russia's pain in the arse. So Putin, despite making all the noises towards it, actually doesn't want this. Mm. I think it's quite interesting. Yes. Well, they there was they they kind of nodded towards the fact that a lot of South Ossetians, um, or some of them are, are really pro really joining Russia mm. or becoming one state with North Ossetia, who they they have a sort of Ossetian kind of identity. Um, but but some of them just want to become an independent state yeah. officially, and that is kind of um, why the wording of state of Alania was chosen. So it's not the same as North Ossetia hyphen Alania, which North Ossetia got. It's South Ossetia 
hyphen state of Alania, which kind of um, has that link to North Ossetia, but still has a bit of sort of in independence by having the word state in it. So, so that is really interesting. So, is it sort of like a North South Korea kind of thing? It's like, are we going to talk about reunification at some point? But actually, they can't. Well, North and South Korea came up when I was reading about all the the, the frozen conflict zones. And oh stuff. yeah, they both lay claim to the other half. Yes, they both claim to be uh, a Korea and mm. be in favour of unification. And for reasons that I can't begin to tell you, I was actually on the Ministry of Reunification of South Korea. Uh, website this morning. <laughs> yeah, the, you really hesitated before. This website. This website. I was. I was in the ministry. I was of... reunifying Korea earlier today. <laughs> so okay, so that's the referendum. They are now going to be at least internally South Ossetia, state of Alania. Which is more difficult to say as well. It's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? It's kind of lilting though. It's quite a, a bit of a rhyme. And what's the um? What's the demonym? Is it South Ossetia state Alanian. of Alanians? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think they thought this through at all. You can probably shorten it to to Alanians. Alanians? Eh, eh. I'll stick with Assetians. Assetians. Or G- Georgians, as I would say, from my perspective. <laughs> oh, <poofed. laughs> I also, what I did was I googled Alania. Yes. And the second hit on Google was an entry on Wikipedia, which is this online... I love Wikipedia. <laughs> I've, never, no, I've never come across it before. Oh. I'm getting an insight into your mind there. <laughs> so Wikipedia is the Star Wars online encyclopedia. And apparently Alania Jackian was an 11-year-old girl from Bespin Planet who witnessed the um, the battle between Skywalker and Darth Vader. And then mm. I realised that I was spelling Alania wrong because it's oh. only got one L. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but that was an interesting 40 minutes I spent browsing <laughs> Wikipedia. <laughs> Now, obviously linked to the referendum is the presidential election. Yeah. Which, again, the two lead candidates, Tibolov, Bibolov. Tibolov is the incumbent, as you say. Um, been around for a, a fair while, inexplicably won the last election uh, on quite a large landslide, but also his party did quite well then as well. Um, and what I found really confusing researching this is trying to figure out which one of them has Russia's backing between Tibolov and Bibolov, because different things I read say that the other one has Russia's backing. It's it's odd, because obviously Bibolov was the favourite when he ran back in 2011. Mm. Bibolov. Maybe we should call them Anatoly and Leonid. That <laughs> might be easier. <laughs> First name terms. No, not as fun. Bill and um, Ben. Yes. <laughs> um, but this this time round, it was very it was expected that Tibolov was going to win. Yes. That's Leonid, because he met with Putin just the month before. And that is a huge thing in South Ossetia, because it's quite a small place. And Putin is a busy man. Yes, he's got. Yes. He's got. It's not only he's got many countries to run, including yes. the United States. <laughs> so are we, are we declaring the results now for everyone that's waiting at home? Yeah, we can announce. I think. Okay. You can announce. Oh, well, it was Bibolov. Yes, unexpectedly, unexpectedly Bibolov. Unexpectedly Bibolov. <laughs> so uh, everyone thought that Tibor was going to win. And did you see the the exit polls? I didn't know. Yeah. No, they, well, they they said the the same thing. So on the second of April, just a week before, uh, Radio Sputnik had uh, Tibolov at twenty percent, uh, Bibolov at eighteen percent, um, Gagloyev at four percent. Yes. Um, and then against all, four percent. Yeah, I thought that was good that they've got that option. Yeah, and that, well, undecided was forty nine percent. So wow. a week before the election, fifty percent of people were undecided. That's crazy. Um, because you need over 50% to avoid a runoff, of course. Yes. Uh, and the, the, the exit poll had uh, Tibolov at 45.8% and Bibolov at 369 <sighs> Um So then that, that turned around, obviously, in the last bit. But I, I did um, 
I did enjoy the fact that they had the against all. Yeah, option. quite right. So, well, and I, mean, I think uh, we're missing uh, Alan Gagliov. Gagliov? I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> uh, guess what he did? His former job. What? KGB. Okay. Uh. <laughs> um, he's only thirty-seven, which seems quite young. Uh, and he, I went on his. Uh, basically a Facebook page. They don't seem to have websites for these things, interestingly. Um, and all it was was him saying how he had drawn in massive crowds. And I was thinking, well, okay, that might be possible, even though he's come out of nowhere and doesn't really do anything. But in a place where there's only 50-odd thousand people, how many massive crowds can you bring out when, notably, the other candidates are also apparently bringing out massive crowds? Or are they all just the same bored people because the unemployment rate's so fucking high? I don't know. That's what what, what counts as a massive crowd? <laughs> the sparsely populated 45 place. 45 people. <laughs> 17 people showed up. <laughs> um, he, uh, the only reason I really mentioned Gagliyev is because uh, apparently voters are a bit worried that if he wins, his brother will actually be in charge. His brother is called Alan. <laughs> well, that would have a nice sort of circle to it. Yeah, but he didn't win. He came third. A very poor third. Eleven point zero one percent. So yes, Bibelov has won, and he is going to be inaugurated on Friday, the twenty first of April. Um, he's being inaugurated at the. Let me try and pronounce this. Tuskovrabov Stadium. Yes. <laughs> which is named after Guram Tuskovrabov. Famously. So, yes, uh, South Ossetian's best footballer. He um, had seven appearances for the USSR in 67, including a qualifier against Poland for the Summer Olympics. <laughs> and he made 150 appearances for Dynamo Tbilisi. Okay, are we on to random facts? Uh, would you like to hear about the Miss Alenia contest? The miscellaneous contest. Mi- miscellaneous. Oh God, I didn't realise how that would sound. Miscellaneous. Oh, like a pageant. Like a pageant. I was sort of thinking just a, just a yeah, con- just, just miscellaneous everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> just random shit contest. Yeah. Bits and bobs contest. The miscellaneous contest was held in 2013, and has not been held since. What happened? Not much appetite apparently for it. <laughs> oh, you know the the capital of of South Ossetia or of the region. Yes. If you're playing that, is um, I shall. Tuskinvali? Yes. Um, until uh, between nineteen thirty four and nineteen sixty one it was called Stalineri. It was after yes. who, I wonder. Can't imagine. But the Ossetians call it Tiskinval because uh, E, like a little I as a suffix for hmm. names, is a Georgian thing. So the Georgians oh. call it Tiskinvali, but the Ossetians just call it Tiskinval. Right. Okay. Mm. Do you know what it means? The word. Yeah. No. Land of the hornbeams. <laughs> <laughs> wow. In, in case you need to know. Uh, I have a, a, a fact that I just enjoyed about Tishkin Valley, the capital. Um, the Tishkin Valley railway station is a bus station. But it's called a railway station. Indeed it is. <laughs> but it only has buses. Did it used to be a railway station? It did, yes. And then the war happened. Um, and then... So it's, just a, it's like a railway replacement service. <laughs> Permanently. The, uh, the Georgians said that they, they would restart services, but I quote this, forgot. Uh, and then the Russians did something similar. And then forgot also. <laughs> Slightly sad. Um, I don't know if you know, but transport into Tishkin Valley is only really possible uh, through the Roki Tunnel. And the Roki Tunnel comes from uh, Vladikavkaz in Russia. And you get to the tunnel and you have to wait. And there's a traffic light and it turns green every half an hour. But it's a two-way road. So there's no reason to be a red light.
So, I found out an interesting thing. Okay. And how I did this was I found a really old uh, travel guide about uh, Georgia and, and Eastern Europe in my house, for some reason. It's <laughs> from the 1980s. And it mentioned how the Caucasus is um, known for um, media fascination in gen- uh, gerontology, as in the study, really? study of old age. Yeah. And I didn't understand that. So I, I looked into it and I found all this mad stuff. So in 1973, the National Geographic did this report on really like super longevity in areas of like Assetia and the mountains and uh, also somewhere in, in Pakistan, but basically saying that they've got an a uh, really high rate of people living to 100. Mm. They had um, they recorded 5,000 centenarians, which is about 50 per 100,000 in that region, which is very high. So right now, today, in the UK, it's only about 23 per 100,000 right. people reaching 100. Right. Um, so they <laughs> this became a huge like media fascination. Loads of reporters went to come find all these really old people and work out the secrets of why they were living so long. Um, the, the effect of these, so it was great public relations, like PR stuff for the Soviet Union to say, ah, communist way of life. Obviously. Yes, we'll live forever. Um, it also had a great effect on uh, yogurt manufacturers in the, <laughs> in the US and the West, um, because yogurt is one of the principal foods consumed by people living in these mountainous right. regions, like from, I don't know, goats and stuff. Um, so they did this um, advert. In Soviet Georgia, there are two curious things about the people. A large part of their diet is yogurt, and a large number of them live past 100. Now, we're not saying that Dannon yogurt will help you live longer, but Dannon low-fat yogurt is a wholesome, natural food rich in nutrition. By the way, 89-year-old Bagrat Tapagua liked Dannon so much, he ate two cups. That pleased his mother very much. Oh, my God, that's uh, amazing. And it was incredibly popular. <laughs> And then uh, they wanted to do a new one where they would find a 120-year-old mum and she would be feeding a 100-year-old son. So they sent people over to to find a pair that would, would work for that because people had recorded... Apparently there was someone saying that he was 168 years old. Oh, that's just bollocks. And like, everyone was like <laughs> up in like the 120s, 130s. Yeah. But no, they were, like, they were amazed that they just sort of yeah, found yeah, yeah. this out. And they couldn't find a 120, 100-year-old pair um, so people started, like independent demographers and gerontologists started to look into the data and found that there wasn't a longevity phenomenon. There was just a lot of reasons that people had started oh to exaggerate their age and there was no proper records of birth certificates. Yeah, of course. But things like these kind of communities living in these mountainous regions, they they like really respect you if you're older. So it's, right. uh, you have like matriarchs and patriarchs in the family. So people say that they're older than they are. Um <laughs> There's also people would exaggerate their age to escape conscription. Understandable. I would do that. I'm 104. You cannot (laughs) tend me into the army. Um, The Communist Party really liked to encourage stories about comrades living to a a ripe old age. Yeah. Despite living on nothing but cigarettes. Yeah, indeed. And this 168 year old guy was called Shirali Mislimov. And he got his, his photo on stamps. Did you really? So, yeah, it was, it was like fame involved in it. But it was, for lying. For lying. <laughs> but it was, a, a, mid-70s was like a big thing about this, this area of wow. the world was known for having an incredible amount of really old people. That's insane. Even <laughs> though that they weren't. Even though they weren't. They found out that it was all bad. <laughs> hilarious. Oh my God. That's really funny. <laughs> uh, I did not find that. That's so interesting. Well, I wouldn't have come across it if I hadn't found that old book in my house. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Some of the old records beat the internet. No, absolutely. Who knew? For, like, diving straight in at random facts. They're great for that. That's amazing. Do you know who the oldest uh, person ever was? 
Noah. Yes. No, Methuselah, <laughs> I mean, wasn't Methuselah, it? Yes, okay, sorry. The, the oldest known real person. None mm. of this is relevant. No, it's <laughs> interesting. I think we're allowed to go off to... It's Jeanne Calmet. Okay. And she was French. I think she died around 2006. I think she was 125, 126, something like that. Mm. And she said, I only have run one wrinkle and I'm sitting on it. <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. But she also quit smoking at like 118, which I think is just such a goal to achieve. Yeah. Good on her. Well, there, there's the guy in Indonesia who claims to be older than that. There is, but I've he's lying. his name. <laughs> um, can I tell you about a folk hero who I like a lot? Yes. Uh, so his name is Kanakwati Bola, and uh, he was a legendary, apparently, and world-renowned, apparently, circus wrestler. So he was seven foot six, which is pretty tall. That's I mean, pretty tall. To be fair. And they nicknamed him Mount Kazbek after Mount Kazbek, which South Ossetians claim is the largest mountain in Europe. It's not even the largest mountain in Georgia. Is it in Europe? It, it, I mean, Eurasia, I guess. Um, in any case, the thing that I found really interesting about him was that apparently once he was out uh, tending to his farm after he'd retired and there was a rainstorm and instead of coming home or pulling out an umbrella, he picked up a rock because he was so strong and put it on top of himself and fell asleep and then he died. <laughs> so strong not maybe brawn over brains going on there <laughs> what a <bell> end. <laughs> I'm so strong I'm going to sleep under this rock and die bit of mythology how about a bit of mythology of oh, South Setia yeah, yeah. complicated do... so um, it has its sort of own internal mythology um, <laughs> which is quite confusing and I don't really understand it but it's polytheistic uh, and there's lots of gods for lots of different things but there's certain supreme gods I think Zukrau is one of them, um, and Satan uh, is another one, who's the mother goddess. And then very specific ones like Aladi, the lord of smallpox, uh, Starty, the lord of deer, boar, and mountain goats, and Safar, the god of the hearth chain. And I don't know what a hearth chain is. Mm. But the most important one, of course, is... Yeah, you tell him, Tom. Uwezdrizdji. Oh, you're saying it wrong. So the the issue we have here is that this god is the patron god of men. Yes. He's associated with fertility and women are not allowed to speak his name. So I'm saying it right because I'm a man. Well, you're saying it, but you're, you're saying it wrong. Like I'm looking at the word and I know I can pronounce it in my head totally fine, but I don't... Um, you know what, actually, so I, I identify as fairly gender fluid, so... Where's Terji? Is that what it is? Excellent. He's St. George. He's St. George? He's St. George, yeah. Oh. So, St. George is the patron saint of... Racists. Racists. That's not fair, that was... It's a little bit fair. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but I quite enjoy it because, obviously, like, the EDL over here will parade the flag of St. George because they sort of think of themselves as Aryans without realising that Aryan means that you come from Iran and the South Ossetians lay a much better claim to that than the Celts and Jutes and Bretons. No, indeed, the South Ossetians can they can claim St George. Indeed, they can claim Alan. 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 Oh, so that's not Alan. Steve, that's Steve. So there is an extant Ossetian language to go with the Ossetian religion. Yes, they're trying to 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 bring it back. They certainly are. It's dying out though because young people don't bother. They learn Russian. Which um, you would, I assume. They've got their WhatsApp and their Snapchat now, they're, they're they? Young people these days and their WhatsApp. Um, it might also be, because I have a theory, apparently, uh, according to a supposedly common phrase, it's impossible to joke 
in Ossetian. Really? Yeah. So I saw an interview. It's not quite true. I saw an interview. Um, it's a badly translated interview with an Ossetian comedian. And basically all he said was that his job was very difficult. This is because, because you can't joke in Ossetian. Is it the fault of the language or are the Ossetians are naturally quite sombre people? I, I can imagine them being quite stern and austere. Well, maybe this, this comedian isn't very good and he's making excuses. That's, it's a pretty good excuse, isn't it? <laughs> So obviously the war was all very unpleasant, as all wars are, and uh, I think it had one redeeming feature. I found an article which described the reaction of one person to the war, uh, and I'm quoting them. They went on to Google questions, and they said, I harad on the news that Rusia had invaded, but I don't see them nowhere what's going on. This is a lady called Caroline, who was from the state of Georgia in America, <laughs> and had got confused. And the reactions to it were excellent. There's people saying, you're a fucking idiot, basically. Good stuff. I can't see Russians anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so here's my question. Who's the president of South Ossetia? Anatoly Bibelov. No, it's Georgi Margbashvili, president of Georgia. Puffed. South Ossetia, as was. Now, South Ossetia hyphen state of Alania. Um, wish them all the best with all of their endeavours. Well, I don't. But in any <laughs> case, you can follow us at twitter.com forward slash candidate night. I'm not think. sure. That's a strange way of saying it. <laughs> so, yes, we're on Twitter. We are also on. Shut up. Sorry, it's me. I apologise. <laughs> Facebook.com uh, forward slash candidate night and uh, WordPress. Uh, oh, candidate night dot WordPress dot com. Shortly to be converted to candidatenight.co.uk because I bought the domain oh my god he's only gone and bought the domain Cost I've just uh, this is me pound. finding that out right now amazing that's brilliant very exciting uh, yeah if you want to find out uh, different like bits and bobs that we've come across when we were researching that we didn't have time to talk about then we'll post it up on those places I'd be really grateful if you liked my article about bees <laughs> yes Tom wrote a really nice article about bees and uh, it's overdue that I wrote one as well um, so you can check that out there and be sure to subscribe on iTunes and join us next week for the Gambia for the Gambia yes stuff going on there D- did that in a Welsh accent in the Gambia in the Gambia and you'll find out why <laughs> next week ciao bye Yes, I'm trying to work out. Can we do the god as well? Do the mythology first. Do you pronounce him. I'm not allowed to. Uh, you, you. I think this could be a bit in itself. Trying to actually, I can pronounce it, but I won't. You astrigi? No. Wastrigi. The D Z H is, I think, yeah. Wastrigi. But what about the U A? What? What? Wastrigi. No, there's no D. All right, go on then. No, we'll, we'll get to it. Okay. <laughs>